You think being meek is weak, huh? Try being meek for a week. Ain't that right, Shaq? My name is the second matter. Give me a second. I bring you from Cain to the second Adam. For the pain, boy, I'm up and at him. For the pain, boy, I'm up to battle. Patient for the win. Cause we win slow with these family matters. I'm so convinced that you won't find no gold in it. Those of them that's going in for holiness got goals within. Now I'm about going harder. Walk with me through these martyrs and fathers. Death for the father, for the father, boy. I'm getting started. Then we discussed God's wisdom with Pastor Johnny Acevedo. Then we talked about getting back into God, getting back to God with Apostle Shelly Dugas. Hey man, and then we, we, we talked about the beginning of the, the beginning of our purpose is the problem. Hey man, we talked about so many things. And if you I can't sum it all up, I encourage you to go back and watch each episode. They're amazing, they're great, and God has really giving us a lot of nuggets and wisdom in each episode. Being a host of this show has really, really got me closer to God, has really gave me new revelation of who I am in Christ. Amen. And I do want, that is the thing about this show. It's not for me to get glory. It's not for my name to be big, but it's for each individual who watched this show to know who they are in Christ. Amen. And know that their purpose in Christ is bigger than anything they possibly went through, anything that possibly was going through. So I encourage you to go watch the past episodes that great nuggets. But tonight we're going to continue on. We're talking about God's love. So I'm going to go, I'm going to read a couple of verses to you. The first verse I want to read is Romans 5. Romans 5, verse 8. It reads, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Then I want to go on to 1 John 4. 1 John Chapter 4, starting at the 7th verse. It reads, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we may live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Amen. Now, here's the thing I want to talk about. I really want to discuss God's love. And if you heard the second song, about Tadashi unconditional. If you heard it before, you know what we're about to get into. But if you haven't heard it before, the song is his testimony of how he went through life thinking he knew what love was. He went through life thinking love is conditional. He went through life thinking that love is this word, love is a faith, love is this thing that we that we so say we are in. But he come to find out that love is unconditional. Love is unconditional. Love teaches you things. Love, you learn from love. You, love is something that's above all else. Now that's his testimony, but here our author in first John is the apostle John this is the third expression of who God is. That's, that's what Apostle John is trying to tell us. It's the third expression. The first expression we must, 
But for those who don't know, the first is that God is spirit. I'm letting you know this is going to be on the background what we're going to do. The first expression John exposes to us in John chapter 4, verse 24, is that God is spirit. And this expression speaks to the essence of who God is. That he's not flesh and blood, but that he's spirit. And when John introduces this first expression of God being spirit, he's introducing to the church that God is not limited to time and space. The second expression is God is light. John chapter 1 verse 15. Here John is expressing that God is light. And he's, he's telling us of God's nature. First, he tells us God is spirit, his essence, that he's not flesh and blood, he does, he's not limited to time and space. Now he's telling us that God is light, his nature, that he's holy. You see, John expresses God is spirit and light in this way, but in Genesis chapter 1, God tells us who he really is. If you go back to Genesis chapter 1, go to verse 27, 26, 27, you see that God created us in his likeness, in his image, in his nature, in his essence. So, his nature, his essence, right? His essence, he's not limited space and time. But it's who he is, what he does. You see, God's essence is what he can do. That, that's verse, that's Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, 27. But if you go from Genesis 1 to 25, you see that God created. The world. He created heaven and earth. He created the lights. He created the moon and the stars, the sun, the, the every fowl, creature, every bird of the air, kids of the sea. He created it all. That's what he can do. That's what he does. You, you see, I told you this show is to let you know who you are in Christ. And today God wants you to know who you are in Christ by speaking of who God is. You see, God created these things. God created the earth. God created the heavens. And what God wants you to know today, that God created you in his likeness. That means you're not just some creature. You're not just someone who just was born into earth. But you are created in his likeness to be a creator as well. You see, TikTok can be bad, but the thing about TikTok is TikTok makes you be a creator. You see, you see what the enemy tries to do in your life is he tries to copycat what God created you to do. You see, God created you to be in his likeness, right? And the enemy knows that. The devil knows that. The devil knows who you are knows what you can do. So what he tries to do to get you off track and I'm focused on your purpose and your destiny, he tries to imitate what God has for you. You are a creator. You are meant to have control. You are meant to have power. But the enemy wants you to believe that's over people, that's over the things of the world. But what God wants you to know, you're meant to have dominion in the things he has for you. You're meant to have dominion over your life. You're meant to be a creator in your life, not of your life, but in your life. God gives you each and every day to be the best you he created you to be. 
And his, the next expression I told you is his nature. That's what God, that's what God is. I, I, t I showed you what he can do in Genesis, but wh who, what God is, we got to go to Galatians 5. And for those theologians and those people who know the Bible, that's the fruit of the Spirit. But for those who don't know, let me read it to you. Galatians 5. Verse 22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So what God is, God is love, God is joy, God is peace, God is patience, God is kindness, God is goodness, God is faithfulness, God is gentleness, and God is self-control. So here's the thing. God created in us those things as well. So here's the thing. We are love. We are joyful. We are peace. We are patience. We are kindness. We are gentleness. We are faithfulness. We are gentleness and we have self-control. We are those things. The enemy wants you to believe that you have to work for those things. The enemy wants you to believe that you have to work to be loved. You have to work for joy. You have to work for peace. But what God wants you to know tonight that you don't have to work for it. He already created you in it. He already created you to be loved. He already created you to have joy. He already created you to have peace. Yeah. That's the two expressions. But here in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 and 10, is the third expression of God. We got God is spirit, God is life, and the third expression is God is love. Today we want to talk about God is love. And as I did a background on the soul, what we come to realize is that love has been misused, has been misrepresented, and has been misinterpreted in, the, in today's society. Now, in today's society, they say love is what you say to someone you care about. It, it, it's something that in relationships that makes you happy. Love is something you have to work for. Well, I'm glad I don't go by the world's standard of what love is. I'm glad I'm not conditioned to what the world says love is. Because today, I thank, you, I thank God for giving me a real understanding of what love is. God gave the Apostle Paul revelations of what love is, and he wrote it in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 and 5. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wrong. Oh, man, I love that. Love is patient and kind. But, but I like the very end. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it does not keep record of being wrong. And this expression of God is love is so great because 
when you really understand this phrase, you'll, you'll understand what love really is. You'll understand why love cannot be destroyed and cannot be created. You'll understand why love, you don't have to work for love. You can understand why love is with you always. Because this phrase, God is love, this expression, in the world's point of view, it's just, okay, it's just words. It's God is love. That without love, there's no God. Without God, there's no love. But this expression tells us that without God, there's nothing. It's not without love, there's nothing. Without God, there's no praise. Without God, there's no, there's no point of love. Without God, there's no point of life. But today, God wants you to know that when God is on your side, when God is in your life, love, uh, there is love. So to fully understand what Apostle John was saying, we need to understand why and, and when he was writing this text. You see this text, John chapter, 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 and 10. You see, this text was written back in the day, 85 to 90 AD. So that's over 2,000 years ago. At the time he wrote this text, there was things that was going on in the church. There was false teachers arising and opposing the foundation teaching of Jesus Christ. And when these false teachers would arise, they would take members of the church, take members, take believers back with them. They would and John wrote this letter to the church, letting them know that God is love and how to discern what's right. So here today, God gave me three types of love that we see in our lives in 2023. And these are the, and with these loves comes a certain relationship that we uphold. Now, two of these relationships we need to flee away from, and one of these relationships we need to grab hold to. The first relationship is an imaginary relationship. You, you, you know, when I don't know about some of y'all, but I know for me, I had maybe for like a month or three months, I had this thing called an imaginary friend. And this imaginary friend, I would talk to, they would always be around, but no one else can see it. No one else knew they were, they was there. No one can hear it, no one can see it, no one else can talk to it. But that was my imaginary relationship. And what God told me is that we have imaginary relationships when we have oblivious love. And when we have an imaginary relationship or, or, or oblivious love, we have no power, we have no substance, and we have no direction. Because what, 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 when we have an imaginary relationship, it's not there. Nothing is there. It's just all made up in our mind. Is our own concept of what's going on. You see, imaginary, imaginary relationships comes up due to trauma or some kind of pain in our life.
Some people have imaginary friends because either they're overlooked by their families, they're, they're overlooked by their friends, they're rejected, they're abandoned, or because of some hurt that happens in their life, so they form an imaginary relationship with this oblivious love. And the thing is, this imaginary relationship can't give, can't produce what we need. That way love becomes just a word. It's just a four-letter word that people say. It, it, it has no power in our life. So we go around life with this imaginary relationship, thinking everything's perfectly fine and okay, but we have no power. You see, there are, there are times where in this imaginary relationship, it, it, it comes because of what people can give me. The pleasure people can give me, that's how I know it's love. Because, uh, because I put a roof over my daughter's head, I love her. Because I feed her, I love her. But, but the thing about love isn't based on substance. Love isn't based on a feeling. Love isn't based on what you can give someone or what someone can give you. And when we base our relationships based on substance, when we base our relationships based on what we can get in return. We have no love. Better yet, we have lust. You see, the next one is we have no direction or vision when we have this imaginary relationship. You see, when we have this imaginary friend, this imaginary friend doesn't grow old. They, 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 they don't eat. They don't exercise. They don't do nothing. They're just a figment of our imagination. They have no direction. They have no vision. They, they, the imaginary thing is just a figment of our mind. So what happens is, if we ask them a question, the only answer they can give us is what we know. So if I ask an imaginary friend a question, the answer they can give me, I already know the answer. So if I needed an answer question, I can ask that imaginary friend because they have no direction, they have no vision. It's just a figment of my mind. The next relationship God gave me was an immature relationship. Now this one kind of hit home for me a little bit. Like I, I knew I didn't have an imaginary relationship, but an immature relationship. This is where a lot of us are in today's society. And, and this, this is an offensive love. You see, in imaginary, in an immature relationship, we deceive those around us. We were, we're distracted from the truth, or we distract others from the truth, and we disobey God's word. So in this immature relationship, we find a fence to every little thing that comes against us. We even find a fence to those things that are not even towards us, but that we hear. For example, you're scrolling on Facebook and someone posts a status 
They, they didn't think of you in mind. They don't even know who you are. But you read it, and you it came on your timeline, and it sounds just like what you needed. And you get offended because of they don't know you. But you believe that those words are directed towards you. You get offended because you're deceived at what's around you. You think that it's about you, but it's really not. You, in an immature relationship, that's insecurity. You see, there are some things that we're not secure in in our lives. So we try to cover it up and make sure no one else sees it. And we go about our day. But when someone try, when someone talks about our insecurity, but they don't know it. They don't know that that's what we're insecure about. They have no clue at what's under the covers. But that somehow they're talking about it. But because we were, we're hiding this insecurity, we're putting more energy and focus in hiding it than healing from it. We distract ourselves from the truth. We're so focused on not getting exposed that when others expose their insecurity or when others expose their insecurity in life, we get offended and we get defensive. So this immature relationship, where we're not fully grown, we're not fully where we need to be. And we get distracted from the truth. And when we get distracted from the truth, we would tend to disobey God's word. I want to give you some examples, some real life examples. In relationship, we have an insecurity of not being loved rightly. We have an insecurity of not being wanted by people. And when someone finally wants us, when someone finally wants to be in relationship with us, we do anything possible to keep, to stay in that relationship. Oh, they, they want me in this relationship so bad. They want me in this relationship, but it go against who I am in Christ. Ha, all right. Testimony time. So, When I was growing up, I grew up in church and I heard, don't have sex before marriage. And I stuck with that all the way up into high school. Don't have sex before marriage. And I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna have sex before marriage. That was my goal in life, not to have sex before marriage. Not gonna happen. So I go through middle school, I go through high school, I have a little girlfriend in high school. We're grooving, we're chilling, we're doing all these great things as girlfriend and boyfriend. I'm sorry, we, we do all these things as a kingdom boyfriend, girlfriend, right? We're, we're talking about God, we're talking about church, we're talking about ministry, we're talking about our purpose in Christ. And Come our senior year, we break up. Okay. 
I, I see if I was with, with the situation, I didn't even know why, I didn't know any of that stuff, I guess. And society, I, I was with that society thing, a man should not cry, a man should stay strong, a man shouldn't show weakness. So I was with that and I was with that, right? And when I graduated high school, went out to the military, started going to different cities, started going to different states, and I seen what I seen what the military had to offer. I seen the different girl. I seen how girls treated me in a uniform and all that great stuff. But there was one night I met this girl, and. We started talking, we, 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 had great we had great chemistry, we, we talked, and we did all these things. And two weeks later, she wanted to have sex. In my head, I'm like, no, I gotta wait to marry, not gonna happen. But in my head, I also was, I was battling in my head, okay, wait for marriage, don't have sex, wait for, wait for my wife. And on the other side, it was, you don't want to end up in like the last relationship, she left, she left you and all this good stuff. You want to keep this one as a girlfriend, you want to keep this one all. And when I got, when, and in my head, I'm like, okay, so, so I want to keep her. So this is what I need to do to keep her. Have sex and boom, we're good to go, right? So here, as I was immature in my relationship, right, I, we, I had sex outside of marriage and go, we did that and it kept going on and on. But I said all that to let you know that an immature relationship, these relationships isn't bad. I'm just gonna get you that. I'm just let you know that. But these relationships doesn't, God doesn't want us to be held up in these relationships. God doesn't want us to stay in, in an imaginary relationship or in immature relationship forever. He doesn't want us to be in these relationships. He wants us to be in an intimate relationship. An obvious love. You, you see, an intimate relationship has power, an intimate relationship has purpose, and an intimate relationship has presence. An intimate relationship has the power to overcome any pain, hurt, or frustration you're going through. An intimate relationship has the power to shake up all, everything that, that distracts you, everything that deceives you from what your purpose in life. An intimate relationship has the presence of God. I, I said this um, on the marriage episode, that love is a triangle. Love is a triangle. And what I mean by love is a triangle. Love, you have God at one point, yourself at another, and those in your life at another point. In the marriage episode, it was your spouse, but God wants me to put it this way. That you have God, you, and as we read in 1 John chapter 4, verse 9, love everyone, everyone else. You see, the thing about it is you can't just love God. You have to love everyone else as well. You love God, you love everyone else, and you love yourself. You, you see, those three people, those three, those three points in life is you love God, you love yourself, and you love everyone. You see, the thing about it is God wants you to love all three. You have to love God, love yourself, and love everyone. Because when you love God, you have power. You have his presence. Like, right? You have his presence. God is there and he's with you. When you love yourself, you have power. 
and when you love everyone, you have purpose. That's what they're looking for. Power, presence, and purpose. God wants an intimate relationship with us. You see, this intimate relationship isn't just okay. Intimate relationship isn't just sex. What an intimate relationship is getting to know who God is in your life, getting to know who you are, and getting to know everyone else. You see, when you get to know who God is, you know that God can, God is bigger than anything you can possibly face. When you get to know who God is, you know that he's the creator, the author, and finisher of your life. When you get to know who God is, you know that you don't have to fear tomorrow. You don't have to fear what God has called you to do. You don't have to fear for what God is calling you. When you get to know God, when you get intimate with God, when you get intimate with yourself, You get to know who you are. You get to know your trigger. You get to know what needs to get what, what needs to get exposed and what, what you need to repent of. That's the thing I want to talk about. When you get when you get to know who you are, you get to know you get to understand what you need to repent of. You see, some people just okay, I, I get to know who God is. God is my savior. God is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He, he created me, He saved me, and He's yet with me. But but we, we bypass getting, we bypass getting intimate with us. When we say, God saved me from my sins. Yes. But the thing is, God saved me from my sins, past, present, and future. I'm a fleshly creature. I will sin again. But thanks to be to who God is in my life, I have the ability, I have the power to go before him and repent. You see, this thing called repentance isn't what I thought it was back then. What I thought it was back then was, oh, if I go out and drink and have sex, all I have to do is go to church, ask God for forgiveness, and do the same thing over again. But what repentance is, is you do what you, you fall short. You go to God, you repent, you ask for forgiveness, you turn away. Not turn back to it again. You turn away and you continue moving forward. You see this thing called repentance, the world has got us a little frustrated and a little lost of what it truly is. The world wants us to believe that all repentance is, is Asking for forgiveness, going back doing what we do, asking for forgiveness, going back doing what we do, asking for forgiveness. But tonight God wants you to know that true repentance is asking for forgiveness, turning away from it, and moving forward. So we have to get intimate with God, know who he is, get intimate with ourselves. Know who we know what we've done, what we did, right? Ask for forgiveness, repent, and move forward. But also, we have to get intimate with other people. You see, this thing called life, right, that God created us in, this thing called life that God placed you in, this thing called life that God is with you in, He doesn't want you to go through it alone. He doesn't want you to be intimate. He doesn't want your intimacy to isolate you. You see, he wants us to get to know every, everybody. You see, the thing about the world is the world has brought us to be intimate, right? In isolation. So, okay, this is what the world is. The world said, okay, God wants you to be intimate, but it's time to isolate. So in 2020, they brought this thing called 
COVID-19 happened, coronavirus happened. And the thing is, we, we had to isolate ourselves. And the thing about it is God will show up and show out in anything, in anything that possibly goes on in this world. A mass casualty, a mass governmental shutdown, a disease, a virus, God will still show up and show out no matter what it is. We know God is bigger than any disease, any virus. God is bigger, and I know I know who I am in Christ. So I know what I know that no disease will come against me, no disease will will destroy me, no weapon formed against me will prosper. I know this, but here's the thing: we have to be intimate with everybody else. You, you see, during COVID, we isolated. And as I said, God still showed up and showed out. That church still went on. It didn't go on as normal, but it still went on. And doing as church still went on, church began to go over social media, over podcasts. Church, God's word still was proclaimed. God's word still was able to reach his people. And now we have gotten into a place of isolation that we believe we don't need intimacy. We don't need intimacy anymore. Isolation is perfectly fine because now we can't get hurt by the church. You, you see, isolation is perfectly fine because now I can do whatever I want to do and still go to church and I don't have to hear, oh, it's time to repent. You see, isolation is perfectly fine now. I can watch it on TV. I can do whatever I need to do. I don't have to dress up. I can go to church in my night clothes and I can still hear the word of God. I can still cook and hear the word of God. I can still be, con I can be conditional and still hear the word of God. You see, the thing about intimacy, it, it, it is an uncomfortable feeling. You see, intimacy with everyone else is uncomfortable at first. You, you see, when you get intimate with God, you have to know who he is. That means you have to put in some time. You have to put in some energy to get to know who he is. That means you have to read the Bible. You have to read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. You have to read the Old Testament. Even the scripture, even the scripture that may seem boring at times. You have to get to know who he is. You see, intimate with yourself. You have to be uncomfortable because you the thing I learned growing up, it's hard to talk bad about yourself. It's easy to say something good about you. But it's hard to say something bad about you. But when you get intimate with yourself, you, you come to the knowledge of some things that need to let that you need to let go. For instance, I know I need to let go of energy sometimes. But if I didn't get intimate with myself, I wouldn't know that that's what I need to do. So when we get intimate with everyone else, it's gonna be uncomfortable. When we have to worship with other believers, I know it seems fun and comfortable to worship by yourself. But guess what? There's more power, there's more, it's beneficial to worship with other believers. So don't isolate yourself. Get intimate. Intimate with God. Intimate with yourself and intimate with other people. You, you see, for the for love is re the reason why we deli we're delivered from our past. It's the reason why our sins are washed away. 
So how do love save us? But the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, now, who is this son that came to save us? He is the same man born of a virgin Mary. Through 30 plus years, he produced and spread love to all. You see, Jesus spread love to everyone. Since the day Jesus stepped on the sleep, he loved. He loved those he even loved those on his way to the cross. He even loved those as he was on that cross. He loved those that beat him, mocked him, mistreated him, betrayed him, and denied him. And as he was hanging from that rugged cross, he said three famous words that if you've been to a seven last stand or if you read the Bible, that you probably know, but if you don't know, he said those three famous words, Father, forgive them. You, you see, he said those three famous words, Father, forgive them. He said, Father, my love is bigger than anything that possibly can do to me. He was saying that I love these people so much that I don't care if they mocked me, they mistreated me, they beat me, they spit on me, they lied on me, they betrayed me, they laughing at me. My love is so much bigger than all that. And the thing about it is, after he said those three famous words, he ended it with it is finished and he hung his head and died. And the next part of it is, the next part of this greatest love story is that he went to the grave. He was buried in the tomb. You see, you probably don't understand the story because you don't know what love is. You probably don't understand, you don't understand the story because you don't know how powerful love is. You see, Jesus died on the cross because of love. Jesus was buried in the tomb because of love. But here's the thing. Three days after being buried in the tomb, he was risen. I want to say this. Jesus went to the cross because of love. Jesus died on the cross because of love. Jesus was buried on the cross because of love. Jesus was risen from the dead because of love. And today, God wants you to know that because of love, there's no nothing that is big, there's nothing that is painful because of love. Because of love, all hurt and pain can be washed away. Because of love, sin is washed away. Because of love, we are made new. Because of love, we are able to fulfill our purpose and destiny in this world. Because of love, I am able to stand before you today on our season finale of Into the Deep. Because of love, I am able to let you know That, that God is bigger, God is better than anything you can possibly face, anything you can possibly think, anything you're possibly going through, God is bigger.
Now there might be some marriages looking like it's dead. Like you're, you're only together just because now. You're only together because neither one of y'all don't want to go for the boys. Neither one of y'all want to move out the house. It, 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 you, 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 you're looking at your marriage and you're seeing it's dead. And the enemy wants you to think so. But today, God wants you to know that God is bigger than your marriage. Today, God wants you to know that your marriage is not dead. God can be revive your marriage tonight. God wants you to know all you have to do is love him. Get intimate with him. Get intimate with yourself. And get intimate with your spouse. Today, God wants you to know that your marriage is not dead. Today, God wants you to know that tonight your marriage can be revived. Tonight, love. God wants you to know that love can overcome it all. Love has overcome it all. Love overcame death, burial, and the grave. Love overcame name, calling. Love overcame betrayal. Love overcame everything you can possibly think of. Love overcame it all. And the thing about love, God is love. God is love. Today, God wants you to know that God is love. That you don't have to go searching for it. You don't have to go searching for love. All you have to do is go. All you have to do is call on you. Tonight I want to thank each and every one of you for being great participants and watching what God is doing in the life of intimacy. I want to thank each and every watcher for no matter where you're from. And I just can't wait to see what God does in season two. Tonight, you are love. God wants you to let you know you are love. No matter what the world is saying in your ear. No matter what people are saying in your ear. You are love. You are wanted. You are accepted. Tonight, God wants you to know that he, he wants to be your father. He wants to be your savior. He wants to be your creator. Tonight, God wants you. God wants you tonight. Tonight. I knew tonight wasn't going to be like any other night. I knew God was gonna show up and show up. But the thing is, tonight God is getting ready to show up and show out someone's life tonight watching this video. You, you've been you've been distracted by the ways of the world for far too long. You've been distracted by the lust of the world, the sayings of the world. The actions of the world. And tonight God says, I'm exposing you. And tonight, I'm showing you love. Tonight, I want you to experience my love. My love that washed away all your sins. 
in the next year. My love that is with you in the problem, face it, that you face and you will face. Tonight, God wants to express his love in your life. Not just tonight, but forevermore. Tonight, Those who want to make the decisions to not be led by fear, to not be held up by lust, but to walk in love, to be saved by love, yeah. That's a simple phrase, that's a simple forgiveness, saying that we say, if you can get out of Matter of fact, this is the thing I want to do. If we all can just say this prayer together, Lord Jesus, I confess my sins and ask for your forgiveness. Please come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Take complete control of my life and help me walk in your footsteps daily by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for saving me and answering this prayer. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord God, I thank you. Amen. If you have said that prayer with me tonight and you wanted to make that decision, that's all you have Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And tonight you have been saved by the grace and mercy of who God is. You have been saved by the love of God. And tonight I want to welcome you back into the family of God because God says he's ready for you. God is ready for you. God is welcoming you back because God loves you. We ne he never forsaken you. He never left you. He's glad you returned back to him. And tonight he said, because you have made a decision to give him complete control. Because you have made a decision to make him your Lord and Savior of your life. He's making you over. He's making you over. Tonight, God is making you over. You made a decision. And tonight, God, in response, God is making you over. He says, yes, yes, I know you've been through some things. I know you left me. You did some things in life. I know, I know you have a path. But now, tonight, I'm making you over. You're no longer an alcoholic. I'm making you over. You're no longer addicted to sins. I'm making you over. You're no longer addicted to pills. I'm making you over. You're no longer a loser. I'm making you over. You're no longer defeated. I'm making you over. You're no longer depressed. I'm making you over. Thank God. 
thank God for this episode. Thank God for each and every individual who have made us a decision tonight. We rejoice with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Give God all the glory for this last episode. We ended it with a bang and we're going to continue moving forward as long as God says move forward. Amen. I want to thank you again for tuning in to Into the Deep with Lee and the DJ Wilson. And I'll be wanting to know God is love.